morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 8th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Alexander Peterson. And I'm also joined by Manuel Villegas, who's going to update us on the latest news on digital assets. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Helen. So let's start with the data we've had out of China this morning. Firstly, export data. What did that look like? China reported trade data for July that showed a worse than expected decline in imports and exports. China's exports to the US plunged 23.1%, exports to the EU fell by 20.6%, and exports to Southeast Asian countries fell by 21.4% year on year. And what about imports? China's imports from Russia fell by 8.1% year-on-year, imports of crude oil by 20.8%, and imports of integrated circuits by almost 17%. And on the back of this then, how are Asian markets looking this morning? The Asia-Pacific markets are experiencing mixed results due to the sluggish economic recovery in China placing pressure on the markets. The CSI 300 in China is trading flat this morning, while the Nikkei 225 in Japan is seeing gains. The Nifty 50 saw losses overnight, while the Hang Seng experienced a decline of 1.5%. The ASX 200 in Australia, however, increased by around 0.2%. Let's move from Asia to the US now then. Um, I've seen some news about Moody's changing some credit ratings. Can you tell us more about this? Indeed, Moody's Investor Service has lowered the credit ratings of 10 small and mid-sized US banks and is contemplating downgrading major lenders. 11 other lenders have been assigned a negative outlook. And what was the reason for these downgrades? The downgrade is a result of the rising interest rates. The rates are reducing the value of the bank's assets and are making it difficult for commercial real estate borrowers to refinance their debts. And how did U.S. markets react to the news? In the U.S., the S&P 500 was up 0.9% with telecom, financials and industrials outperforming. The Nasdaq 100 was also up by 0.9% and the Dow Jones closed up 1.16% higher. In Monday's U.S. Treasury trading session, two-year yields were little changed and the 10-year ended Monday with a yield of 4.05%. And moving on to Europe now, there's some news in Italy I saw. Yes, indeed. The Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Meloni's cabinet approved a surprise tax on the extra profits of banks this year, which could bring in over 2 billion euros to the state. The tax comes as the Italian bank's profits have surged due to rising interest rates, and the tax was part of a package of measures that included taxi licenses and foreign investments. And what's the government planning with these extra funds? The Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini announced that the funds would be used to finance tax cuts and support for mortgages for the first-time owners. And what about in European markets yesterday? What were the highlights there? Well, markets haven't really reacted. The FTSE was down 0.13%, the DAX was little changed and the CAC 40 closed a little higher. Okay, and can you give us the main news this morning in terms of currencies and commodities? In currencies, the Bloomberg dollar spot index rose 0.3% and the euro fell and is trading above $1.09. In commodities, West Texas Intermediate was little changed and gold is trading at around $1,934 an ounce. And just lastly, Alex, what's coming up today? What should investors be looking out for? Looking ahead, the European Central Bank is scheduled to publish a survey on consumer expectations. Germany and Greece are scheduled to release inflation data. 
And lastly, there will be also a number of earnings reports from companies such as Glencore, Bayer, and Intercontinental Hotels. And that's pretty much all for today's wrap-up. Thank you, Helen. Back to you. Very good. Thank you, Alex. Now, Manuel, good to have you back on the show. Good morning, firstly. Good morning, Helen. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So what can you tell us about digital assets? What's been going on lately? Yes. So crypto prices have really remained range-bound in the past two weeks, with Bitcoin still standing tall over the asset class. Nonetheless, several events have sparked plenty of speculation. The spotty TF saga, hacks, scams, and the earnings results of crypto-related companies all this with a U.S. presidential race that has a narrative that has been largely focusing on Bitcoin. So the month of July ended with a hack in curve, which as of last week was the second largest decentralized exchange. And the total value locked in the protocol diminished from over $3 billion U.S. dollars to just above $1.5 billion, pretty much overnight, as users withdrew their assets, fearing further vulnerabilities. The hackers exploited a liquidity pool and extracted close to $30 million in value, sparking a frenzy of speculation over the asset class. Bitcoin's price temporarily retraced around 2% before correcting back to previous levels. The reason being that the affected protocol's token, which is called Curve as well, spurred liquidation fears, as it is widely used as collateral in decentralized finance particularly in Aave, which is, in crypto, the largest lending protocol. The token dropped in value over 15%, triggering smart contracts to close several positions. Overall, the estimated value lost between the hacks and liquidations is close to $50 million. At the same time, and as of yesterday evening, the hacker returned a tranche of the captured funds to the protocol, even though it was less than 40% of the total value lost. On a brighter note, the month started with MicroStrategy's earnings results and Coinbase's, and in both cases, we've seen the two companies returning to profitability thanks to Bitcoin's year-to-date rally. For the case of Coinbase, Coinbase has widely benefited from the fact that it is a a surveillance sharing agreement partner for most of the spot Bitcoin spot ETF filings in the United States, particularly for the iShares one, which is likely to be one of the largest ones. So at the same time, there have been no recent updates on the physically backed Bitcoin US ETFs and the next deadline for the Securities Exchange Commission to approve, deny or defer the spot ETF filings will be on the 13th of August for ARC and quickly followed by Grayscale, which is the day afterwards. All eyes are on the commission, as this decision will likely set a major precedent. All in all, several factors have driven price speculation. Nonetheless, we expect macroeconomic policies and regulatory procedures, particularly those on spot Bitcoin ETFs, to dictate the short and medium-term outlooks. That's all from my side, Helen. Great. Thanks a lot, Manuel, for the update. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Roman will be your host and he'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research. 
Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.